I'm Jenna. And I'm Ellen. And she's my person. We've been friends forever. Yeah, like half our lives. We're honest. (laughs) Sometimes too honest. She takes away my fear. And she's my anchor in this world. Our unconditional love has shaped us. And we want to share it with you. So grab a cup of coffee, cozy up, and join us. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to She's My Person podcast. Ellen and I are both here. And we are super excited to introduce you to our guest, Maria Leona. She is joining us today. I actually did a women's group with her. Gosh, I think it's been like over a year at this point. And so we shared some very deep space for a six-month time period. I got to know her heart really well. And as we begin this series of boundaries, it was an instant heart cue to invite her into this conversation. So she is the founder of Wildside Studio and crafts authentic brands that inspire community and honor the earth. With over eight years of experience in digital media and community, she believes strongly that visuals help communicate your message and create a lasting impression with those around you. She's worked alongside notable names and communities, such as Abby Pollock, founder of The Teen Plans, Deborah Quazo, managing partner of GSV Ventures, and Charles Adler, co-founder of Kickstarter. Her mission is to empower small business owners and bring their vision to life through intentional design and photography. And we could not be more excited to have her joining us. So I will just open the floor and let her tell you a little bit about her, where she's been in her life this year, and just all the things. Hi. (laughs) Thank you for the lovely introduction. Oh, where do I start? Um, (laughs) This year has been an interesting one for me because I really haven't, I haven't found it as challenging as compared to last year, where I think most of my growth was happening because I really took on a wild adventure that kind of was very spontaneous, but also deep rooted in just really kind of finding like following my spirit. It was like the first time I actually followed my soul to its like deepest desire and it took me to some crazy places. And so this year has really been about grounding and coming back home and just taking the medicine that I learned from my adventures and applying it to my life. <laughs> and I'm just really excited because I launched Wildside Studio in October with like the Aries new moon. That was the new moon I was born under. And I wanted to launch something because I don't know, I felt, it felt really synchronistic to birth another life <laughs> or another way of being. 28 years later on my Saturn return. And yeah, so it's just been kind of, this year has been all about integration and applying the things that I've learned, the things that I learned from our women's group. And the biggest one has been boundaries and fully embodying my artist that I've set aside for so long because I have such an analytical and scientific mind. My bachelor's degree is in environmental sciences. And I never thought I was afraid to pursue art (laughs) for the longest time because everyone told me, I mean, I just believe in the starving artist archetype. And I've been doing so hard, I've just been working a lot to completely like, I guess, disengage that story within me and really believe in like the abundant artist and helping other individuals step into that. (laughs) And that's kind of where I've been this last year and just fully, like fully aligning myself with that, but like living and practicing what I preach. Because I used to be the person that I'd give everyone the greatest advice, but I'd never follow it. Mm-hmm. And I, as I started moving into leadership, I really wanted to make sure that the words I was speaking, I truly was embodying in my day-to-day life. So yeah, I don't know if that gives you a good, <laughs> good starting point. Absolutely. And I think 
you make a great point by saying, you know, it's, it's one thing to give everyone else advice, but it's another thing to take that advice for yourself. And Jenna and I are, I'd, I'd say we're very, we're very good at doing that sometimes. We'll tell the other to do something or tell them what we would do in the situation. And then when we turn around, we're like, you know what? It's not always that easy when you're in the actual situation. So I think that's great that you kind of noticed that that's something that you did and how you were able to work around doing that. Yeah. Well, I think my biggest challenge was I took everyone's advice as well. And I had such a hard time following my intuition and what was right for me. And so like a big part of it was just like trusting, trusting the advice that I have instead of like like seeking it outside and books and knowledge and people. And I do think it's so important to like have counsel and talk to individuals who are wise. But at the end of the day, just like learning to actually trust your gut was one of the hardest things for me because I have such like an analytical and anxious mind and really, I guess, removing myself from fear was, was my biggest struggle. I think for the longest time, I was so bound by fear and pretty much like, I would say, what's the right, I wouldn't say, I don't like saying paralyzed because I'm working with a actually disability community. And that's like, it's like a word that you're not supposed to use because I think it's, I don't know if it's ableist or not, but like I was, that's like the only word that I know how to describe it. I was like very just stuck for the longest time. Yeah, I think that's something that I have deeply struggled with too, because I'm a strong believer when we sit with ourselves and with the questions that our heart is facing, that if we're able to just ask ourselves honestly in that space without the noise of the world, that we already have that honest answer that our intuition already knows. And you know, I was my mom was always such an advocate for that growing up. But the more people that you have in your life, the more people that you interact with, the more noise that surrounds you. And especially this year, I mean, the noise is like louder than it's ever been before. So finding that quiet space to even really honor that voice when everything else seems to be screaming over top of it is really challenging. And I think, you know, that leads directly into having to set boundaries because the more out of touch we are with those boundaries, I think the harder it is to find that space to really cultivate the life that is the most connected and in alignment for you. And so how did you begin to like shift out of that space, you know, for our audience that maybe is sitting here like, yeah, that's exactly where I am. You know, what steps did you take to move through that and get to a place where you were hearing your own heart a little bit more? Oh my goodness. I definitely would say just like going into deep solitude and into the remote (laughs) wilderness really connected me back to my voice. And it really was my chase for the wilds. Like I really just, for the longest time, I craved like the wilds. I went on my first solo adventure to Costa Rica because I was just like imagining like deep jungle. Like I've had this like call for the wild since I could remember as a little kid. And I've noticed that when I'm in like, remote, like very wild, rugged spaces, I really, I connect to like my inner voice, but I also connect to almost like a higher spiritual voice. And I would say in the points where I've been the lowest in my life, like even last year, I I would hike this trail in Pacifica, like on Montana Mountain. And it was just like through these beautiful eucalyptus trees that were actually invasive, but the smell of them <laughs> was just to die for. And the first time I hiked, I was so afraid because there's mountain lions and I would like hear a crackle and a step and I'd feel my gut drop and just was like deathly terrified of this trail that was six miles, but I would just climb it and I would go through it. And there were points where I was just like in such deep fear as well as like depression and sadness. And like in the middle of my trail, I just kind of would like come to these realizations with myself 
because there was no cell signal. So I couldn't check Instagram. I couldn't go on social media because I would say that I am someone who's like, I have such bad ADD and I'm easily distracted. And I'm, I, I mean, I love social media. Like that's where I get my inspiration. That's where I connect with my people. And so for me, going into these remote places really was the only way for myself to like fully disconnect and unplug and just connect with that deeper part of myself, even though it was so scary, <laughs> so scary for me. And I, I definitely recommend like going with a partner if you're, if, you're, if you're not really familiar with like hiking, because yes, there are bears and mountain lions. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just laughing. That's it. <laughs> That's a good point. Yes, I realize it's kind of like a dumb, like it's a good dumb thing. Like I've had people kind of yell at me for it. Like if you're, if you're not a seasoned hiker, but like, I don't know, there's just something about being out in like wild nature. Like I am someone that I have this dream of like moving and living on a homestead and being as far away from humanity as possible and just like tending the earth and living with the seasons and just really moving away from the pace that society kind of tells us we should be living like instead of like actually living the pace of like the earth like the seasons like the cycle of the earth and like that's my I mean that's like where I would say like that's that's the most extreme point in boundaries where I'd love to be but I would say like where I started setting boundaries was just going on hikes and the reason why I was going on hikes was I needed to move my body like I was working remotely so about Four years ago, I was fired from like my dream job. I was working for an angel investor and like working with like incredible startups. And it was like, I I thought I made it. And I remember I had my yearly review and I gave my honest opinion about the job. And I thought I was going to like, maybe like just have my position switched or like maybe get some more challenging assignments because it's like, I'm really bored. But I was fired that day. And it was like my first failure ever in my life because I was a straight A student. I had a full scholarship to university. And that was like when I started my quest for the wilds was because I, I like was I like, I mean, I failed and I don't know where I'm going with this. Oh, yeah. So I started working remotely and I gained like 40 pounds. And that's the reason why I like started walking and hiking and just kind of all these things connected And that's kind of where I found my inner voice and continued to walk towards that, even though it really scared me. That's incredible. Is it, is it a lot of the fear factor that you think kind of drove you out of certain, I guess you would call it funks that you were in? Or do you think a lot of it more had to do with walking with yourself and being able to kind of think things through and really find that inner peace? I know you said that was the true way of connecting was by being by yourself and disconnecting, which I also think is a very interesting, but very true and telling thing is to be able to disconnect from the world and then connect on a deeper level with yourself. But I think what I'm asking is, is it a fear driven? Like, do you kind of like that feeling of having a little bit of fear to get you like through things? Or was it more just that connection that you had within yourself? I would say, I think it's a little bit of both. I definitely am like an adrenaline junkie. Um, So like one of the women's groups that Jenna and I were part of, the reason why I was so attracted to our mentor was because she started surfing and she like randomly picked up a surfboard and was like, okay, I'm going to do this sport. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do that too. And then I learned skateboarding and like snowboarding and doing these other, like just like just board sports and just anything that would get me into a flow state. Because I, I think what, I'm, what I really enjoy is the flow state that you get when you walk towards fear and you walk towards even just like your own creative capacities is you enter these like really deep states of flow 
where you just feel so in tune with like the universe and yourself and your body and your breath. And I find it almost like a form of meditation because for me, how I was taught meditation, it was so hard for me to get into meditative state by sitting. Like I am someone who's just like so active and I'm like, I mean, even right now when I talk, my hands are just like moving. So I hope you can hear <laughs> I'm not like disturbing the air frequencies, but I just, I really couldn't connect with that and like the Zen Buddhist teachings that were being taught with me and what I really connected with like was Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way, like doing meditative writing and where things really clicked for me was when I started walking, when I started moving, when I just started pursuing those slow states and that would happen to me through hiking, through surfing, through any board sports and then also through my creative expression and those are the things that I started kind of following but those were actually what would trigger my fear even more because I was really afraid of like, oh my gosh, like I'm so obsessed with these things. Like what's happening to me? Because I can no longer function in everyday society. I can't get a desk job because I would be absolutely bored. Like I need to be able to incorporate these things into my daily life. And so I've had to completely restructure my entire life and everything that I've been taught the last four years in order to like encompass my passions and my desires while also like navigating partnership and relationships and all these other things, which has been a challenge, but I finally feel like I'm in this sweet spot where I honor, <laughs> honor all these sides of me, but I also realize I don't have to feed every single one of them because I do turn into monsters if they are, if they are turned up a little too loud. Yeah. And I think, it, I think it's important too to recognize that you're able to function, like when you're not able to function and you're in that fight or flight mode, you're really using your deepest strengths in those moments that sometimes you don't even realize you're capable of pulling. So I think it's interesting that in a fear state, you're finding that deepest part of you. I think that kind of maybe could be parallel to being in that state. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, one of my favorite things, Mara, from our mentor in our women's group, Yana Robinson, was that she, like, she always preached that, like, when our strengths are turned up too loud, they're weaknesses. And I'm such a strong believer of that. And we had an episode a couple of weeks ago that was centered around emotion and I'm so emotionally connected to everything that I do. But when that turns up, is turned up too loud, I'm often like expressing it in ways that aren't actually, you know, pushing me forward in a way that's healthy and good and in alignment. So I think that's a really good point. And I think that sometimes when it is turned up too loud, it's hard to set those boundaries because we're subconsciously operating out of alignment. It's we're a little bit too focused on one area or multiple areas and stretching ourselves too thin. So I really like that point. And as you touch on relationships and setting boundaries within that, you know, you've done such a wonderful, graceful job of doing just that, like being able to have a healthy, loving relationship with your partner and also honoring the creative and independent side of your spirit. So I would love for you to speak a little bit about that because I think that so many women operate believing that it has to be one or the other, that we have to choose between love and freedom. And I think that you do such a beautiful job of marrying those two things together. So I would love for you to just speak on that a little bit and, you know, kind of what feels important in cultivating that in your world. Yes. I mean, I definitely agree that we often feel like we have like to choose A or B and we can't have both. (laughs) And I felt that way as well last year. I mean, I've been with my partner now for eight years. I met him in high school, actually, but like, we really didn't talk in high school, I reconnected with him when I was in college, and just like fell head over heels, madly in love 
my partner. And he definitely has been someone in my life that has actually really changed me as a human being. I would say that when I met him, I was very vain. I was not living in truth. I was really just kind of following what society told me to do. I really didn't question anything. And he was the one that really helped shift my consciousness and caused me to dig deeper and just inspired me to continue to like want to push past myself and my own limiting beliefs. And I don't know if it was my love or my love for him, or if it's like even just my own spirit, just wanting to evolve. But I really didn't have a present man in my life growing up. Like my father, he left when I was about 13 and I really didn't talk to him for about 10 years. And it was very traumatic for me and how my parents ended up divorcing. And so my partner, Josh, um, he really kind of was like the first man that came into my life that was very grounded and connected to his feminine side. Like he was not afraid of his emotions. And I was, I was so afraid of my emotions and like speaking my truth and just like telling him how I feel. I'd be like laying there at like 3am in the middle of the night, like huffing and like being mad. Cause like, I don't even know why, (laughs) I don't even know why, but I was like mad that he didn't pick up the fact that I was mad, but I was like very passive aggressive about it that you couldn't even under, like you couldn't even tell that anything was wrong. Like it was that, that was how bad I was at expressing my feelings. I wasn't taught that it didn't feel safe for me to express my feelings. And it was not safe for me to express my mind because of just how I was conditioned. Like my, like I would get, I was someone who was very rebellious. Like I'd get hit, like And I would get like kind of just verbally abused by my dad if I said anything that wasn't in alignment, but it was never, I would, like my dad never was like a bad individual either. He had so much trauma that he experienced as a kid and his dad was gone for 10 years. So it was kind of like this like cyclical trauma cycle that was playing itself out. And my partner really helped heal that within me. And so for me, it was, I really had to learn how to set boundaries because I was so codependent on him. And really didn't know how to live without him. And as I started to like, like, as I started to enter my spiritual journey and continue to question my own consciousness, and that's when I started kind of disentangling myself from him and really starting to like honor both my masculine, my feminine, and like continue to just kind of continue to speak my mind, continue to pursue my writing, my creative and I would say my partner just has always been really supportive of me that I've never had to I've never experienced issues issues with him. Like he's always encouraged me. Any like any any dream that I've had, if I've wanted to like move or um, I wanted to study abroad, he was always just like, "Go do this." Like you should definitely like you should always you should always pursue and follow your dreams. And that's why I loved him so deeply. And I would say last year and the year before that, like I've always wanted to leave Illinois. There was something about like this state. I don't know if it was like because of my childhood trauma or what, but I just like hated where I lived. I was so uninspired. I would just project everything on like this state sucks. Everything is ugly around me, but it really was actually like a wound inside myself that I wasn't looking at. So I was projecting onto like everything that sucked. And I ended up projecting a lot of my wounds onto my partner last year. And we went on a road trip and I was very blessed. My friend was moving to New York, so our apartment was empty. And I kind of was not happy with my partnership at that time. It was seven years in and I was like, I've been in relationship ever since I could remember because before my partner, uh, Josh, I was in a four or five year relationship in high school as well. And so I've been in like relationship 
and committed relationships since I was like 15 years old and I'm 28 now. So like I never experienced life alone by myself as a woman. And so I, I road tripped to San Francisco and I was enjoying my solitude. I was enjoying my independence. And I thought I had to break up with my partner because I'm like, I want to move here. Like I want to follow my dreams. I want to be living my best life. And my best life at that moment felt like living in California, living in San Francisco in the Bay Area. I was like five minutes from the beach. I was like five minutes from my favorite trails. I was waking up each morning being like, holy shit, like this is incredible. And when I was away from my partner, the biggest lesson that I realized was like, your dreams mean shit when you don't have people that you love to share them with. And I think I realized how much, not only how much I love my partner, but how much wounding I had in myself and how much like toxic emotional baggage that I had to process. And when I was alone in California, that is exactly what I was doing. And then I had the call, I had like the inner call to come home. And I'm so glad that I did. And I'm so glad that, I mean, my partner and I went to therapy. We went to kind of, we wanted to work things out. And we want, like, it was a lot of things with myself that I had to shift because of emotional and childhood traumas that I had encountered. And so, yeah, I would say in terms of boundaries, the boundaries where I've had to really start setting were with work and my friends, my parents, my sisters. And then with my partner, I think we're both like, we value freedom so much that we like our, our boundaries are kind of like, we have to make time for one another because we get lost in our work and we get lost in our creativity that like, sometimes we're like, okay, like, let's hang out with each other. I don't know if that answered your question at all. Cause I feel like I went into a giant. No, um, I, I think that was a beautiful expression. And the, the biggest takeaway that I got from that entire just expression of your heart and your life up until this point is it was actually two extremes for you, you know, to go from a place of feeling codependent on him because he was the person that connected you to the emotional side of your heart over to let me do this drastic change and move somewhere completely alone because I need to feel my independence. And then now you're home and it's like you've integrated those two worlds together in a way that's healthy and supports you. And I think that's such a beautiful expression and also a very deep reminder you know, I'm currently in a relationship as well that has softened my heart in so many ways and, you know, brings out parts of my heart that I am proud to know and wouldn't have known without his love. And so I think it's very important too to recognize that we're not supposed to do all of our healing, all of our loving, all of our growing on our own. And when we can integrate that in a healthy way and our partner is supportive of that, I think that what comes on the other side of it can be such a beautiful relationship. So I think that was a beautiful description. Um, and I think, you know, the setting, the setting boundary component is a very important part. But I think you also spoke to when you find the right person, you know, it, it's a little bit more of a natural thing that comes into play and it won't feel as forced to, which I think is a really good reminder as well. Yeah. Well, I think with setting boundaries for us, it's kind of like we hold each other to higher standards. And I think that's sometimes where boundaries come in. We're like, okay, we have to like figure out our finances or... I'm like, I'm, I'm my partner's business partner as well. And just like having to do like the work that we don't want to be doing and encouraging one another. I think that's kind of where we've had to set boundaries. And I think for me, I just like didn't know what boundaries were. And so I would just have really bad boundaries with work because I felt like my entire worth centered around my career and like how much money I was making that that was a thing that came first in everything. It came over my relationships. It came over my health. And so I would say like where I had really put down my foot was around money and career and boundaries and just like people pleasing all the time. So like I can look good. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, and looking at the presentation that you put together, I noticed that you had said how boundaries will they they kind of have to honor not only your mind but also your body and your soul. And I love that you compared that to the business world because I think a lot of times you get so caught up, like you said, in what job am I doing? How much money am I making? And you make it your center of your world. And then you're mostly just focusing on your mind when you think that way. I think you're so focused on, okay, I have to get this task done and you have to make sure that you're pleasing everyone. And it's not a healthy way to be focusing on your mind. So I think when you kind of separate the three and you're able to focus not only on a healthy mindset, but also how's your soul feeling and how is it sitting with you as a deeper part of you, not just the outside that everyone else is seeing in your day to day and then your body itself, because your body is a reflection of your mind. A lot of times I think the reaction that your body has is it, it plays off of what your mind's telling it. And it, it can be a really negative effect if you're kind of on go, 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 <laughs> and you're not setting those boundaries for yourself. Yes, I agree. And I think it's just, I mean, it, it's very challenging because we really, I don't think we're really taught like how to honor like the different like I guess the different kind of bodies that we have because it's like we have a material body or I guess like a physical body a mental body emotional body spiritual body and I would say like James Altucher there's like a I think on Prime Amazon like there's a show called he started a show called Choose Yourself and he like showcased the different bodies that we own like the spiritual emotional mental and physical body like he showed them as neural networks and it's like if our spiritual body isn't fulfilled or if there's a blockage there that's going to trickle down then into our emotional mental and eventually our physical and vice versa and so it's like it's so important that we honor all those different aspects of ourselves because otherwise we end up getting sick stressed i mean for me when i don't honor those aspects i fall into really deep depression like i i i have experienced like suicidal thoughts and have been into some, into some really dark states because i wasn't honoring myself and it took a i mean it took a lot of work to do that and i still get afraid i'm still very afraid of honoring myself because i feel like people don't think i'm professional because of how we're have how we're taught to operate like in the corporate and business world at least from my experience, like one of my bosses, like she would fly to Germany and her assistant was expected to be up at three in the morning, like answering her emails when she was in Germany overseas. And I thought that was kind of, that was extreme, but I also realized like that's the role that you signed up for, but that just isn't something that I ever want to do, nor do I ever want to, like, I don't want to support that type of being for anyone. I think there's other ways to operate and do business and it's up to us as founders to start setting those boundaries for ourselves and then our employees and individuals that we work with. It's like lead by example. Yeah. Well, Jenna and I actually were talking when we were communicating with you going into today and I said, you know, I sent her over an email or whatever the conversation was. And, and she said how you have specific days that you'll sit down and look at all of your emails. And we both laughed and we were like, I can't wait to get on that level because that is just amazing. So I know there are definitely biases or there's thoughts out there that, oh, maybe they should be constantly answering. But when you're surrounded by the right people, and like you said, you don't want to be encouraging things that you don't personally agree with, a lot of people will actually respect you for that. Because I know we both respect you a lot for doing that. So there's such a deep respect that comes. And Yana was actually my first experience of 
someone who had set very deep boundaries in her world. And I remember like receiving her email of like, you know, when she was going to be available to the world and when she was only available to herself. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I didn't know this type of freedom and alignment and connection with yourself existed. And that's been a really big piece of development for me this year. So much of what you're saying just resonates so deeply because I believe that integrity is all we have as leaders, especially in the business world. And it's so rare in corporations today to find integrity, to find companies that prioritize how your soul feels, how your body feels, how your emotional self is. It's such a rare find. And so it's, it's sad to me that that's what's rare and that we expect to the opposite. You know, we excite, like, for example, I had a business phone call last night with a retail brand that we carry in my studio and I was supposed to have the clothes a month ago. And so the clothes are still not here. And I went into the call just like raging. You know, it was like anger turned all the way up. And the guy was like, well, actually, I'll just ship it to you for free. This order will be on me. I really apologize for my lack of integrity in this transaction. And I just had this moment of like, I just totally paused. And I ended up sending him an apology email later. And I was like, you know, my first reaction, because I've been so conditioned to not be met with integrity is to attack because I'm immediately thinking that you're going to meet me with, well, that's just is what it is, you know, because so many corporations, especially if they have a good product are able to do that. And so it's such a good reminder to know that there are people out there that are working to cultivate that. And it's such a hope and a mission of my own that that eventually becomes our norm that integrity in business is what's expected and not what we find rare. Oh my gosh, yes. I'm like really excited for it. <laughs> I think it's happening. I mean, I think we're the generation that's going to be implementing it because we have been abused by bosses. And I think we've all had like really terrible bosses. And you're just like, holy heck, like how, how is this even allowed? Like what, how, how is culture just allowed for like systematic abuse to be like, I, I don't know if it's to be applied, but like we've all experienced that. It's almost like I, I was in a sorority. I never, I mean, I was in a sorority and we like, we never had hell week or anything, but I've done sororities that have done that. And it's kind of like that experience amplified in the corporate work workplace where you have to like figure out your pecking order and all these things. And I think it's just like so silly because it kills, it kills the spirit and it really like creates an environment where people are afraid to share their ideas and collaborate with one another and speak their mind. And I think working in startups, like the best ecosystems are where people can be transparent, where people can share their ideas freely where there's collaboration, where there's no bottlenecking of information. And to me, like, that's what I'm so inspired by and like why I want to continue to lead and collaborate with other creatives. Like, I really want to get creatives paid. Like, that is my mission and goal is like, I think that so many businesses don't value the creative spirit, but like, that is what makes money. <laughs> and yeah. So people should be paying for that. And yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm really excited for the future. Like, I cannot wait until the boomers are out of office. I know not every boomer is like horrible. And I, I hate stereotyping. But it's just like the white male agenda. It's just I'm like so over it. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, no, you are. You are so good. We had a, um, our last interview was with uh, my best friend Kennedy. And it was just basically around really breaking the silence and having the really tough discussion about what has been going on in our world and the shift that is happening. So no, you're right on point with how we feel as well. I think that even though this it, it's, you know, we don't enjoy stereotyping, but there is this way that things have been done for so long that I think have to be shifted and changed and moved for us to be able to move toward a nation that is ever going to be united and with an integrity. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I think integrity is just so challenging because it's very subjective of like, at least, I mean, I think with like any deep truth, like there's so much subjectivity 
as well that starts to come into play. And I think that's where our biggest challenge will be as a society is like really like understanding lowercase truth and then capital capital truth and then like universal truth and also realizing like human experience is all just so subjective and <laughs> we just have to realize like the world is gray. It's not black. Absolutely. And I know I, I'm bouncing all over, but I keep just thinking about just different ways that you've already kind of gone through boundaries. And one thing that's stood out to me is you, you seem to really align your boundaries with your values. And I think that's a really important thing to be able to do because sometimes when you're going through your day-to-day and then you're also going through your business realm, it's hard to align values and it's hard to really pull them both together and set those boundaries in a flowing kind of way. So I was just wondering if you had any advice or any tips as to how you kind of set those boundaries and how you do it that will align with your values and they, they really sit well with you. I think, I mean, I think you hit it on the head, Ellen. I don't know if that's like right to say anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with it. <laughs> oh man, you have to be like, it's just wild how nuanced with language now, even just like we have to be as humans and like English is my second language. And I'm like, oh man, I really have to continue to like refine how I speak. <laughs> but anyways, I think, I mean, you really, it really is operating within your values. And I think this is kind of what my journey has been the last 10 years is understanding what my values are and not being afraid of them. Because I used to like, I value creativity so much. And I would say the people around me, like growing up, no one, like my family members and stuff, like no one valued creativity. And because I valued that, I actually ended up devaluing it because those individuals around me didn't value creativity, nor was family valued for for me, at least within my family system, because my family, like my parents, my relatives, they're all immigrants. And so they were all struggling to survive and they would put work first because they had to feed their family. And I guess technically like that meant they were, (laughs) they they valued family, but to me, it felt like everyone just valued money Mm -hmm. and that's what I valued. And I valued, I would say 10 years ago, I valued money. I valued my personal beauty and like my outward persona. Like I would probably spend half my day just thinking about how I looked. What was I wearing? Were my nails done? What brands is that person wearing? And like, essentially like all my values were so superficial and I ended up being really depressed and unhappy. And I had to really shift how I was operating and my value system and just continue to dive deeper into my soul. And so I think in terms of setting boundaries, it's a yes, getting really clear on your values because your values are kind of like your inner GPS. And when I make decisions and when I decide to set boundaries, I, I mean, I have five values. My number one value is my relationships. That is the number one thing that like right now, at least in my life, I am turning up loud as I want to continue to be better at showing up for my loved ones. I think I still struggle with that because I'm such a deep creative. Like I'm happy. I am the happiest when I am in my studio playing with colors and like I can get lost in just like the ether and ideas and I, like nine hours could pass and would feel like an hour for me. And I'd ha- I had like my phone on do not disturb. And like, I'm just, I'm the happiest human being, but I can't, to me, that doesn't align even with my, like, I have to set boundaries with myself and how much I pursue my creativity and my expression because my number one value that I'm working towards fully embodying is relationships. It is family. It's my friends and building my business in a way that honors that and gives me space and freedom to continue to deepen those relationships. 
And it's, I would say that's like my biggest challenge. (laughs) And then creativity is another one as well as vulnerability. I think those are where I really learned to set my boundaries. And I think, I guess, to continue to like learn how to set boundaries, it's really just like starting to notice where you start getting triggered or where you feel like a victim or where you feel where people aren't being fair um, because the world isn't fair. I would say like how the world operates, like it's, it's very challenging. And I would say like the only way that you can be happy is by a getting deep and understanding what your values are, why you operate, why you exist. Um, And that's kind of actually, that's like what I do with Wildside Studio is I help founders get clear on their values. So that way you can design something that truly embodies and honors that. Because I think, I think design goes hand in hand with setting boundaries, because it is just like when you set boundaries, you're designing your life. And I would say it's just, it's a lot of deep introspection and honoring what, honoring yourself. I don't know, like, I guess, like, I'm trying to... No, that's, that's incredibly good. I, yeah, I think that, honestly, L tying in the values and the boundaries, I think that that's such a good point, because I don't actually know if we can set them without being in touch with our values. So I think like that's the first step is designing a life that prioritizes the things that feel the most important to your core. And then within that, making sure that everything that you pursue outside of those values does not sacrifice those things. So it's like, to me, that's the tie between the two. And it's incredibly powerful when it's learned and done correctly. Uh, because really, all of the other exterior stuff that we're chasing outside of those values don't mean anything if those values were to crumble and fall apart, those relationships were to crumble and fall apart. So I really love that. I think that that's a very good way to explain the correlation because I, I really think you can't have one without the other. But as we wrap up and close, if you just want to share where our audience can find you, what you're doing these days, if you have any offerings um, that we can support you with, uh, just where they can get more of you. I would love that. Yes. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Maria Leona. And also you can find Wildside Studio on Instagram. It's wildside.studio. And yeah, I mean, I think I'm mostly active just on Instagram. So if you follow Maria Leona, you can stay in touch with me. I love to rant on (laughs) deep subjects all the time. My little sisters tell me that I talk too much and I should shorten my stories. (laughs) But I really enjoy just expressing my thoughts and encouraging people to look within and just get deeper and yeah, connect with their values. And I think I just wanted to say one final thing on just boundaries. I think it's so easy to like talk about boundaries, but we really don't understand why boundaries are important. And I think boundaries, like the reason why we should like embody them, like because we've been taught that boundaries are bad. Like you're a selfish person if you have boundaries. Like at least that's some of the stories that some of the old stories that have been in play. And I know we're working to change that, but boundaries really help like teach us how to work with one another and they create realistic expectations so you can better serve people. So people can see like, okay, wait, this person really likes her solitude. She likes her silence. Silence. I'm not going to expect her to be like texting me or messaging me every few hours. Well, there's some people who are super extroverted and it doesn't matter to them. And so I think it just, when we have boundaries, like we teach one another how to interact with each other and like even ourselves and like we get to be just better humans like that are kinder happier have more energy and like that's why I'm so passionate about it and I hope other people can feel less guilty enforcing boundaries in their life yeah I love that because that way you're actually better serving people you're not it's not such a negative 
outlook on boundaries. So I think you make a really great point there. And throughout this whole episode, you've made a great point. So we are very thankful for having you here. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing the space with us. And we will see y'all next week. Yeah, thank you.